It's Victory 91.5. That's Tori Harper with Seasons. It's Keith, and our general manager, Ray Haynes, is still in studio as hey he's there. teaching about Pentecost. Now, you had you had a uh, about the Holy Spirit sure. and spiritual gifts, and that the Holy Spirit is not the only spiritual gift. Well, you know, the giver of gifts, there are many givers of gifts in the Bible, and that leads to some confusion. And that's why, uh, obviously, when I was just thinking as we were talking a lot over the last few hours, it's so easy for us to get in our own theology. Theology is, uh, mean, literally means theo, and ology is what you believe to be true about God, theo. So, uh, you know, all of us end up with a, something a little different. You know, uh, we can get some similarities, and we go to church together or group together based on that but in in reality there's there's a billion or five billion ten billion different theologies of people that they believe to be true about god but there's only one truth right and that's just the word of god and that's that's where we hold on to so you know when you run into issues and questions and problems the best answer is really just open up the bible and let god show you the truth so uh the the question would be asked can you be baptized in the holy spirit and power without speaking in tongues. And that's yet um, this next hour. So we're going to look at some of the more, uh, this one, especially some of the more controversial questions. And that has been one, a very divisive issue that's happened uh, very big back in Azusa Street at the turn of the 1900s. But the, the question is, the Bible pretty lays it out pretty simply. Whenever they were baptized in the Holy Spirit, they were speaking in tongues. So I don't really think it's very arguable. I just think you just kind of have to accept what what's what's in front of you but if you don't speak in tongues but you obviously have gifts and anointing they're coming from a different source than what is known as the baptism of the holy spirit but that doesn't mean that they're coming from a different source than god right so Mm -hmm. there are many givers of gifts in the bible and there's scriptures that describe those so you have the holy spirit right you also have gifts of the father so in romans 12 for as we have many members in one body but all have members but don't have the same function so we have So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, then prophecy, prophesy in in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So you'll find that there's a lot of overlap in, in the areas of gifts because obviously when God comes into your life in any manner, whether it's salvation or the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a response to this. You, you know, he's, as I said before, he doesn't come and bury himself. He bears fruit. So regardless of what happens to you, you are going to have some type of fruit. So the gifts of the Father are one example. The gifts of the Son, Jesus, Ephesians 4, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why did he do that? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So if you are, you know, if you clearly have a pastoral gift, you got that from Jesus. 
That's where that came from. An apostolic gift, that came from Jesus. Those are his gifts. And then, of course, we mentioned the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You run into those in 1 Corinthians 12. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. All right? So you have uh, several different layers of gifts there. So so it won't be confusing. Uh, you still, if, if you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, pursue it. That's all. You don't have to say, I just don't have enough gifts. I'm not as good. Mm. No, that's, you know, why, why even go there? Just simply... Go where God tells you to go and pursue him. And in the midst of that, do the works that he's given you. If the son has given you a gift, use the gift. If the father has given you a gift, use the gift. But in the meantime, there's there's more to seek. And one of the things uh, we're going to jump in next is why all this happened to begin with. What is it that God did in coming into our lives? Uh, we talked about being the bride of Christ. And back in the day, when at Mount Sinai, when this happened, the first Pentecost, you know, they were encountering God and the law of God for the very first time. And what they missed was the same thing, this intimacy with him. And what they didn't realize is what God was really giving them was wedding vows. And I want you to look at the Ten Commandments in a different way for just a second. Listen to them as wedding vows. There's 10 vows. First five are how we relate to God. Second five, how we relate to the other members of the bride. We're just going to do two right now. Then for the next break, we'll do more. All right, first commandment. I'm the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. Well, that's what we would call the command. If you look at that from a, a vowing point of view, he's saying, I rescued you because I love you and you alone. I give you me. Don't give your love to anyone else. That's a simple vow. It's a simple commitment he's making to you. So we can look at that in a harsh way, or we can look at it as a loving God that's saying, listen, here's what we're doing here. I'm, I'm ready to walk with you and give you me. And so if you sometimes look at it as a command, you, you harsh away yourself. So the second one, you shall not make for yourself a carved image. And he goes on to all the details of that. But in reality, what is he saying? Focus on me. Because I'm all about you. Just focus on me. Don't get distracted by all these other things and make them gods because I'm the God you need to have. So we'll, we'll continue with this journey as we look at what are the vows that they turned down, the Ten Commandments, and what vows did he replace those with? Mm. If you missed any of today's messages, any of them, any of the breaks, blog.victory.radio. You can also go to our Victory 915 Facebook page or you can go to victory.radio. The notes will be up shortly. Here at Victory 91.5.